Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 10th of April. The upward trend in new infections continued as India registered more than 1,45,000 COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours, taking the total COVID tally beyond the 1 crore 32 lakh mark. With more than 700 deaths linked to the virus being reported in the same period, the death toll surged past 1,68,000. The number of cases being reported in one day have hit record numbers for three consecutive days, while more than 1 lakh daily cases are being reported for the past six days. Amid rising cases in Maharashtra, which is already under weekend lockdown, Health Minister Rajesh Tope said a full lockdown could be imposed in the state if the situation does not improve. Meanwhile, at least six states in the country reported vaccine shortages this week. Andhra Pradesh, Chhattisgarh, Haryana, Maharashtra, Odisha and Telangana are either staring at a potential shortage or already facing a dearth in supplies. Mumbai Mayor Kishori Pednikar yesterday said that people were turned away from multiple vaccination centres in the city as they ran out of vaccine supplies. The city's civic body, Brihan Mumbai Municipal Corporation, said yesterday that private vaccination centres will be closed from Saturday to Monday due to insufficient supply of vaccines. 86 out of 120 vaccination centres in Mumbai, meanwhile, could not administer the vaccine yesterday, Mumbai Mirror reported. These include the Bandra Kurla Complex Jumbo Facility, the largest in the city. As the country entered the third phase of the vaccination programme recently, the centre refused to open up the programme for all age groups, saying that the aim was to cover people who are the most vulnerable at the earliest. This came amid demands raised by Delhi and Maharashtra governments, as well as the Indian Medical Association. In Uttar Pradesh, three women were given anti-rabies shots on Thursday instead of COVID vaccines at a community health centre in Shamli district, NDTV reported. Anti-rabies shots are given after dog bites. All three women are over 60 years old. A pharmacist responsible for the mix-up was suspended after the incident. Now for a brief update on global COVID numbers. COVID-19 has infected more than 134 million people in the world so far, while more than 2.9 million people have lost their lives to it. Global recoveries have surged to 76.5 million. Noting serious laxity by political parties and leaders in following COVID protocols during the ongoing assembly elections, the Election Commission yesterday warned that it would ban campaigns and rallies of candidates who are found to have violated safety guidelines. The poll body's notice came a day before the fourth phase of elections in West Bengal. Amid the countrywide surge in cases, the EC flagged instances where star campaigners were seen without face masks and violating the COVID safety rules during public meetings and rallies. The fourth phase of assembly elections for 44 seats across five districts of West Bengal took place today. 66.76% voter turnout was recorded till 3.30pm. The TMC is seeking to retain 39 of these 44 seats that it won in the 2016 election. The Election Commission today adjourned polling at a booth in Sitalkuchi constituency following reports of violence. The Trinamool Congress wrote to the poll body that four people were killed in the constituency after central forces opened fire. TMC Chief Mamta Banerjee said, and I quote, The BSF and the CISF are torturing people in villages. 
women boys and girls are being threatened that they should vote for the bjp they have gone and shot people standing in line to vote who has given them this courage unquote the results for the bengal election will be declared on may 2nd along with those for tamil nadu assam kerala and puducherry where voting has concluded in assam at least 20 candidates of the opposition alliance were shifted to a hotel in jaipur yesterday amid fears that the bhartiya janata party would try to poach them congress and the all india united democratic front or aiudf contested the assam election together The alliance also includes other parties such as the Adivasi National Party, Anchalik Gana Morcha and Bodoland Peoples Party. The 20 candidates, most of whom belong to the AIUDF, were flown to Jaipur and taken to a hotel on its outskirts. Confirming this, Congress spokesperson Randeep Surjewala told NDTV and I quote, "It's now a trend since BJP tries to break the Congress after losing elections. So the allies want to take guard." unquote. Speaking of the Bengal election, ahead of the fourth phase today, News Laundry's Manisha Pandey went to the Behala East constituency where all three major parties have fielded women candidates. The main concerns of voters there are bad roads and lack of business opportunities. The constituency has been a TMC stronghold since 2011 but is witnessing an interesting battle play out this year. TMC's Ratna Chatterjee is going up against her estranged husband Sovon Chatterjee. Sovon won the seat in 2011 and again in 2016 before joining the BJP only for the Saffron Party to deny him a ticket this election. So he is fighting as an independent. In an interview with Manisha, Ratna spoke about the intense scrutiny her relationship with her estranged spouse has drawn in the media. She also spoke about women in politics, gunda culture and much more. To watch the full interview, go to newslaundry.com. It is titled NL Interview: TMC's Ratna Chatterjee on Gunda Culture, Tabloid Journalism and Women in Politics. News Laundry as always has tried to cover this election season beyond the usual noise that makes for election coverage in much of India's legacy media these days. Our reporters have brought out stories that actually mattered to the voters and told them fairly and accurately. We've been able to do this because unlike much of the legacy media organizations, we don't take money from the government or corporates, which means there's no reason for us to be influenced by government or corporate interests. We depend on you, our readers, to power our work. I urge you to go to the assembly elections section of newslaundry.com and check out our coverage and see for yourself the difference that independent media can make to journalism. And if you like what we do, please support us by hitting that subscribe button on the top right corner of newslaundry.com today. Subscriptions start as low as 300 rupees a month. The Supreme Court observed yesterday that a person above the age of 18 was free to choose his or her religion. The Apex Court made the remarks while refusing to hear a petition that sought directions to ban black magic, superstition, and religious conversions through intimidation or gifts. Justice Arif Nariman said and I quote, "I do not see a reason why any person above 18 years cannot choose his religion." There is a reason why the word propagate is there in the constitution. Unquote. 
The plea also sought directions to determine the feasibility of setting up a committee to implement a conversion of religion act to curb the quote-unquote abuse of religion. The plea stated that religious conversion by quote-unquote carrot and stick and by hook or crook not just offends Article 14 and 35, but is also against the principles of secularism, which is an integral part of the constitution. The court also pulled up the lawyer of the petitioner, who is a Bharatiya Janata Party leader, the New Indian Express reported. The bench said, and I quote again, What kind of a writ petition is this under Article 32? We will impose a heavy cost on you. You argue at your own risk. Unquote. The court also said that the plea was a publicity interest litigation instead of a public interest litigation. The petitioner's lawyer, Gopal Shankar Narayana, asked for permission to withdraw the plea and make a representation to the central government and the law commission. However, the court denied permission. Intensifying their ongoing protests against the central government's farm laws along the borders of Delhi, farmer groups this morning blocked two key highways along the national capital for 24 hours. Samyukt Kisan Morcha, the umbrella body of the protesting farmer unions yesterday, gave a call to block the Kundli Manesar Palwal Highway and the Kundli Ghaziabad Palwal Highway starting at 8 am today. The last time farmer unions and the central government held a meeting to end the deadlock over the three contentious laws was on January 22nd, 77 days ago. Farmer unions are not planning to end their protest in the near future. Farmer leaders said that they are chalking out fresh plans to continue their protests in the approaching months. The farmer protests along Delhi's borders have been going on since late November last year. Samyukt Kisan Morcha member Rakesh Tiket told the Indian Express, and I quote, Yes, we have had no talks with the government after January 22nd. Now, we are busy in making the entire country aware of these deadly farm laws. This andolan is spreading in the whole country now and is not limited to one or two states alone. Let the government remain busy in their election works. Unquote. SKM coordinator Darshan Pal concurred, saying that as the harvest season is underway for wheat-growing states, they have urged urban people and farmers who don't grow wheat to join their protests. The police in Bihar's Patna have filed charges of sedition against two voluntary groups for giving lessons on the CAA and NRC to street children at a Danapur residential school, the Indian Express reported. The case was registered after the National Commission for Protection of Child Rights took Suomoto cognizance of the matter back when the Citizenship Amendment Act was passed in the Parliament in December 2019. The NCPCR had conducted inspections at the residential school housing 60 street children and submitted a complaint letter to the Bihar Directorate General of Police. Based on the letter, the police registered an FIR last week against the two voluntary groups teaching the children. They have been booked under charges of sedition, promoting enmity between different groups and the Juvenile Justice Act. The complaint of the child rights body said that it had gone through homework registers of students and found out that they had quote-unquote wrongly interpreted CAA and NRC. According to the NCPCR chairperson, one student had allegedly written and I quote, I am against NRC. If I have no home, where can I keep documents? Unquote. The chairperson's letter to the Patna police further said and I quote, I have inspected all the relevant papers and concluded that such lessons would turn students against the laws of the land. Unquote. 
a police official at the Danapur police station, where the FIR against the voluntary groups was registered, told the Indian Express that an investigation was underway and no one had been arrested yet. The Contentious Citizenship Amendment Act, after it was passed in the parliament, drew countrywide protests. In Delhi, Hindutva groups opposed to the protests against the new law incited violent communal clashes that left over 50 people dead in February 2020. News Laundry extensively covered the carnage, its aftermath and the Delhi police's investigation into the violence. In her latest report on newslaundry.com, Akansha Kumar spoke to 16-year-old Mohammad Vaseem, who was seen in a viral video being tortured and made to sing the national anthem by men in police uniform. Vaseem has since named a local SHO as the main culprit, yet the police haven't taken any action on his complaint. To know more about the case and Vaseem's complaint, go to newslaundry.com and read the report titled Who are the torturers in the Delhi Carnage Anthem video? Muslim boy names Jyotinagar SHO. And now for some international updates. The La Soufrière volcano on the Caribbean island of St. Vincent erupted yesterday after decades of inactivity, forcing thousands from the surrounding villages to evacuate. The eruption sent a cascading plume of smoke into the sky and spewed clouds of ash miles into the neighbouring areas. The country's National Emergency Management Organisation confirmed that the 4,049-foot volcano had erupted and warned people to leave the surrounding areas. The ash plume from the first eruption reached 20,000 feet and was drifting eastwards into the Atlantic Ocean. Two more explosive eruptions on Friday led to heavy ash showers. There were no immediate reports of casualties. The video clips circulated on social media showed evacuees with suitcases and bags running through streets carpeted with thick grey ash. The Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines said some 4,500 residents near the volcano had been evacuated so far through ships and by road. He added that the heavy ash fall had halted the evacuation efforts. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.